0: Tableau for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karatha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade, like I did. <laughs> So this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Caratha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Caratha, and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Kai Appleton. We chatted to Kai about how he ended up in Caratha all the way from Liverpool, England. What kickstarted his business? What he loves the most about Caratha? How important culture is when it comes to a business? And what's next for Kai Phone? So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy my chat with Kai and his journey to call Karatma home. Kai, welcome to the podcast. Cheers, mate. Now, I was having a little bit of a look and some research on you to try to find out, like, when did you get to
1: Karatha? How did you end up in Australia? So let's rewind. You've been yes.
0: in Karatha 11 years, but when did you get to Australia?
1: So super random. I had no plans to come to Australia at yeah. all. It was very spontaneous. What basically happened was I was going to Europe originally. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, you know what, I'll sit my parents down I had a friend that, constantly was hammering me saying go to australia go to australia it's the most amazing place in the world like do six months in australia do six months in thailand you'll absolutely love it so i decided to take his advice Mm -hmm. cancel my holiday from europe lost Mm -hmm. my deposit and i ended up telling my parents like you know i'm thinking about going to australia and then i was much younger Mum was like what are you gonna do like blah 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 you know she was giving me the, the run around and then they decided to that week that I told them they decided to apply for a job in Australia
0: <laughs> right so
1: I was planning to go in six months time basically two weeks later after I told my mom she was like, can we have a chat So same situation <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay um, I sat down and I was like they're going, you know what are they gonna tell me and so they decided that they're going to go to Australia. (laughs) Beat you to it. Beat me to it. (laughs) They left me in England for three months. (laughs) Literally, I was was literally there. They cleared out the house. They left me like the toaster and the oven and my bedroom. And they came to Australia before me. So originally, I was actually going to Melbourne. Uh And um, what happened was the friend I was going with actually went to Melbourne just before me. But once mum got to WA, she ended up in Geraldton, Mm -hmm. they... My mum was like constantly just saying like, come to WA first, mm. come to WA. So I came to WA and then, yeah, I ended up in Jarrah. So are
0: your parents still here? They are Australia? still here, yeah. Wow, so the whole family here.
1: came over. Literally, so my so mum and stepdad are still here. They, um, yeah, they've just been so successful here. They've literally killed it. They actually like two days ago retired or mm-hmm. semi-retired And they're only like, you know, 54, 55, so super young. And they just absolutely killed it. Like, Australia does have that, you know, land of opportunity attached to it. And they made the most of all of it. So super good. They literally, you know, we had Fienackel on the weekend and they bought a caravan so they had <laughs> it was no plans to buy a caravan here but yeah they clearly got good sales there so <laughs> they got them and yeah they bought a caravan at finacle and that's their plan they're, now. Off, so they're off literally it's wild to think about it like knowing what we came from 12 years ago mm. and then to land in you know wa and it just to give a whole family massive amounts of op- opportunity and yeah, it was good. It was I imagine good. you don't miss the uh, the UK weather. No. No, I don't miss it at all. Um, the only thing that I, you know, sometimes miss is obviously blood flam- family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's hard being this far away from family. And I think if I'm going to live this far away, it has to be different. Mm. Well, you know, pretty much Carafa is like Mars. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's as different as you get. There's yeah, nothing yeah. here that's even remotely close to what the UK is like. So... So yeah, you, obviously you miss family, um, but that's what makes Carafa special—is the people here. Mm. You know, people, the people in Carafa are, you know, travelled people. There's not many local people here, yeah. and everyone's been on their own at some point. And I think that's what makes Carafa special. Yeah, I so, totally agree. Literally.
0: So, Jero, uh, you, you obviously you sort of set up base there for a, for a
1: little bit. What yeah. then made you drive north? So the. Um, I was working at Mitchell and Brown there. I got a I got a job there, and I was working for the Telstra store there whilst I was studying. Okay. Um, originally, I was a mortgage advisor and financial advisor in England. Right. Started that super young. Yeah. Um, so very different to what I do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I when I came here, my qualifications didn't match, so I had to do my set four in finance, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, we my friends I was with were like, oh, let's go travel for a little bit, and. I did have a little bit of a chi phone going on in Geraldton. I was fixing phones just on, like, you know, as a side. side job. And, like, it was very small. It wasn't wasn't as, as what it is today. But I was doing that, and then, yeah, we decided to head to Broome and try and find work. And I was, like broke as hell i think i had like 500 bucks in my bank you know five thousand dollar per that was yep. breaking apart like you wouldn't even drive that car to the shop so <laughs> but back then i was so naive you know i was like let's just do it this is what you got to do like one bottle of water going through yep. the Pilbara sort of thing you know <laughs> stupidity but you live and you learn so so yeah we did that and then i broke down so i literally <laughs> broke down 200k's 200k's uh, south of Nanyatara? okay, or 150 that's south. Pretty of much Nangitara. middle of nowhere, right? Literally nowhere. Like mm. we had nothing. We mm. had no signal.
0: One liter of water.
1: Literally one <laughs> liter of water between four of us as well, <laughs> and it was warm. It was terrible. So, so lucky enough, I didn't. There was I didn't know what to do really. You know, at the time, and we waved down a truck, a flatbed truck that was basically going the way we were going, God, that's and then so lucky like had a winch on the back it was just it was just ridiculously lucky had no cargo literally just oh, yeah, yeah. flatbed truck and it was like well i can take you to the next day um server mm-hmm. and that happened to be nanyatara mm-hmm. so going back to not having any money spend eight hours in nanyatara <laughs> like you know about it you know <laughs> it's literally like sh- sharing a sausage roll yeah you know so so it was it was fun it was an experience and then We ended up in Karratha. My mum was working for Bagwan Marine. Right. So they ended up basically getting a car to tow us there. Yep. So we got there and then... What an arrival to Karratha. Like, literally, I didn't know what to expect. Because then it was like, you know, 2010 or 2011, so back then it was like mid boom mm. it was ridiculous madness. So it was like well we need work so there might be work here and um, I well, to fix the car yeah literally <laughs> literally I was like I gotta get a car fixed we got no money to fix it yeah. so I gotta to work to be able to pay for that like it was hard life but you know like I said you were young and it was fun and um, I started working for Clayton at McDonald's so oh. I was working at McDonald's and the only reason why I was working at McDonald's was at the time I think himself or whoever owned the Backpackers, mm. if they were low staff at Macca's, you couldn't stay there. So basically what happened was if you decided you wanted to stay at the Backpackers, which was like 385 bucks each a week, yep. like the most expensive backpackers in the world, <laughs> um, you had to work at Macca's. Ah. So so all four, four of us ended up working at Macca's. So I um, I worked there for, for a while. Mm-hmm and then then I started working at Retrovision and that's mm. pretty much where it rolled on. So mm. so that's how I ended up in Grave. Oh, that's was, a great story. Grave's
0: yeah. got such a unique story about how they ended up here. Yeah,
1: super random. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Like, I actually didn't even see it on the map. You know, our target was Broome. Yep. Broome has that... That tourist twist to it, so that was on the radar because people had said, you know, Broom's amazing. Yeah, I've visited. <laughs> but i never made it. You know, it's been twelve years. I've, I've kind of stopped here or whatever, like, and never left. So, and all my friends I travel with are gone now. Mm. So, they've all gone back to the UK and yeah, I, I basically stayed. So,
0: Well, let's talk about, uh, obviously, your evolution as far as business, because I would say you're, you're a real success story here in, in Karratha, because you started out, as you mentioned, sort of doing things on the side, then sure. you, uh, did you work from home for a bit, and then you had the kiosk in RetroVision?
1: I did. So, I worked from home for, what, four years. Okay. Um, so, what would happen was I would work from RetroVision 9 till 5.36, mm-hmm. and then pretty much go home have some dinner for an hour and then start fixing phones that's basically what where it stemmed from i didn't sell accessories then or anything it was purely just fixing electronics and then over the time it was like oh yeah you finish at 9 p.m and then you finish at 10 p.m and then it was like 12 p.m one two and i was like i'm actually running out of hours left (laughs) so it got busier and busier which is great you know massive support from the town and then and then yeah, so I carried on doing that and then it just got to a point where I was like, I, I physically can't do it anymore. Yep. Um I had two other guys helping me by the time we I decided to not work at Retrovision anymore. So it got to a point where I was like, I'm working somewhere mm. but I've also got this business on the side and then I've got two other guys. I'm like, I need to just go on my own. Yep. Like and that's what needs to happen. And like I literally take my heart off to Retrovision. Like they are the life and support of me being here like George and the whole family Mm. have always had me under their wing they've always like supported me and helped me and it's just massive like what they gave me so yeah super appreciative there and what basically happened was we cut a hole in a wall at the back of retrovision and that was right you know, yeah because
0: you were in the, the old building yeah right? so we it had move. that like right.
1: wall and yeah. you know vista print banner at the top that. it was it was definitely not um <laughs> it wasn't clean it wasn't sharp <laughs> but it was actually a frame for like a security window frame right. that was randomly out the back in the storeroom so we measured the wall and and cut the wall open so <laughs> so it was good and like it worked you yep. know and people People had to walk all the way into Retrovision and come all the way down to the back, and there was a hole in the wall, and mm. people just knew it as "go to the hole in the wall and yeah. get your phone fixed." Yeah, yeah. Like, and
0: it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, Retrovision got all the tech stuff as well, for sure, for yeah.
1: sure. So it always, always worked, and yeah, it just I worked out of a hole in a wall for a while, and then one of my friends, James, was like, "I've got a younger brother that like loves tech, mm-hmm. wants a wants a job." It was only. 16 or 17 at the time. And that was Teague. And that was six years ago now. So he's been with me for like, yeah, five, six years. What? So, and now he's like my head tech, you know, runs everything. Literally my two IC, like just just so good and he's been with me ever since so, that's very cool so yeah and he was like it was like a teenager young guess guy he's like, grown a bit yeah yeah massively yeah <laughs> just about 60 70 kilos on top of when he was when he was 16 so yeah he's an absolute unit of a bloke but he's like the face of KaiPhone. yeah you know massively like so many times people come in and i'll say hello and They'll be like, oh, I just want to speak to Teak. It's like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Which I love, you know. I you you can't ask for anything better. I feel like in a in a business that you own and run, if the customers are coming in and asking not to speak to the owner and they're asking to speak to the another member of staff, there's nothing more pleasing than mm. that for me. It's it's I just that tells me that my guys are doing the right thing and yeah super rewarding
0: and then obviously it was a big leap last year I want to say that you moved
1: into the the full shop yeah November so it was a gamble so we had obviously the kiosk when Retrovision moved Mm -hmm. and so we had the bigger kiosk I had Teague there and then I got Bodie as well and Bodie came on like two years ago Never great, like such a good tech, like that's his forte. Like he just loves to repair stuff, so Mm -hmm. which is great to have. We need that. Um, So we went from the kiosk over to the new store. It was always a gamble at first because I just thought, I'm already in the shopping center. How much more can we get? Because I'm already there inside Retrovision. What will the difference be if we have our own shop? And I tried to predict it and it's just been ridiculous. Like, I was wrong in the right way. Mm -hmm. I... The, it's just done so good so good like just get massive support from the town like that's been the biggest thing you know as soon as someone posts something online whether it's a problem or yeah. you need something tech wise like the comment sections just get filled with tags for our business and my name and yeah it's super rewarding you well know? i
0: mean you have a lot of repeat customers my wife breaks her phone every six months <laughs> yeah, <so> yeah she <laughs> always good. comes down right yeah
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. is everyone some of the customers we get are just wild like we You know, not to name them, but we've got some customers that are like... (laughs) might as well have a subscription like <laughs> like you might as well pay for the next five screens because you're coming back you know it's it's wild some of them and like up here you know harsh living yeah, especially yeah. in construction and stuff um obviously we sell protective cases but some people need bubble wrap and <laughs> that's the only option now have you
0: broken your screen
1: that's why it started actually right yeah so originally it was actually i was breaking my own phone all the time yeah um, and then it was like iphone 3 or something iphone 2 or 3 I had then. I wish I still had them now, to be honest. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, they they basically I was breaking my own phone, Mm -hmm. so yeah i decided oh let's fix my own phone and then it just got busier from that so yeah, yeah and i was like fixing friends stuff and then yep. and then took it from there and i never actually finished what we were talking about earlier i never actually finished my set for i never got back <laughs> into finance it's so much more rewarding like people love their phones mm. you can't live without them yep. it's like losing a limb yeah they don't have it and although a lot of people say you know that the old saying of i wish i didn't have this like if Remember when we didn't used to have phones, mm. you know, but you take it off those people and within 24 hours they start to get anxiety. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And I think the problem is often when you try to, if you don't have a store like
0: yours, you've got to send it away somewhere. Exactly. It might get lost. You might not get it back for a couple of weeks. The wait
1: like weeks. Yeah, you know, really hard. Freight's not exactly fast no. in Australia. No. So, <laughs> so you've got to wait for it. And that's a huge problem. You know that's a huge problem for people yeah a lot of people run business you know they run business or like connection to family and friends if you lose that you literally feel mm. almost like you're yeah you just can't do anything so so it's super rewarding and it's that's what's so good about it i think you know when i did finance like yeah okay you get people out of financial struggle and you know consolidate loans or whatever so it was rewarding because like you would put someone in a better position financially, but that takes months, you know. Mm-hmm. Like to get to get finance, or like you buy, you get someone their new house, like they're happy as with phones. Like you're doing, or like any electronic, but really it's the phones because it's so personal to someone. You fix the phone in an hour, and it goes from the person thinking that they've lost a limb yeah. and lost all the data, baby photos, photos whatever it is, yeah, yeah. and then an hour later they come in and they're like. You're an absolute legend. Like, I love you sort yep. of thing. So it's super rewarding that way. And I think, you know, that's what makes it an enjoyable Yeah, because you're business.
0: not just fixing like a... Bit of tech, right? You're yeah. fixing like people's memories, the, the, the videos. I mean, this cloud thing. Maybe you can yeah. explain it to me. What kind of phone do you have?
1: I actually have a Samsung S23 oh, no, no. Ultra. Okay. So yeah, You're but not I know a lot of, yeah, of the Apple
0: yeah. gang. You know, the Apple gang.
1: So I actually run both. So I don't run an iPhone, but I do run Mac and iPad. Right. So and it's purely just trying to stay ahead of the game. Um, the softwares are different. That's mm-hmm. the main difference. So, so yeah, I do, I do know a fair bit about iCloud. What yeah. is it? Because I always, I, I, my parents were up here and they are very tech
0: illiterate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't understand what, what, stuff keeps getting sent to the cloud. I'm like, how do I ever access that again? Like, yeah. Is there a website? Sure. Or what, what is it?
1: So uh, how it basically works is instead of having the storage on your phone, you have the storage somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Apple owns it. And um, so it's basically like in layman's terms, it's just a massive hard drive. Right. And super secure. It's the best way to store your data especially like with Apple's data database or servers mm-hmm. that hold the data, it's like the most secure place you could pretty much put your data. So what happens is everything is constantly being uploaded to that. So if you lose your phone and then you sign into
0: You're right, whatever yeah, that yeah.
1: storage is yeah. that you own, yep. you've always got your data.
0: Mm.
1: And the crazy thing is with data is people don't, they don't think about it until it's gone. Yeah. Like, we'll have people come in, they've got no iCloud active, and they've got, like, 95,000 photos on the phone. It's, <laughs> like, that is, like, ridiculous, you know? Like, there's so many... And they'll ask us to do a data transfer, and we're, like, three days, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but like, I think that's the super important thing. There is a stigma around iCloud. Like, people people don't like iCloud for some reason. Like, yep. and I think it's more because the... I think, like, a lot of people think, like, the the data's being stored in someone else's phone almost or like Mm. someone else owns your data. Yeah. It's not like that Apple doesn't have access to that data. It is completely encrypted and secure. And just gives you that security. Storing data on like hard storage, SSDs, you know, hard drive or even as old as CDs, that is just a thing of the past now and that needs to be removed completely because the most secure way is cloud storage. Mm. And yeah okay it costs a dollar 49 a month you know or more if you've got 95000 photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um but yeah you people need to use it cuz they don't realize how valuable the data is until it's gone yeah and we spend you know the, the amount of customs we get weekly just doing data recovery mm. and you can see how happy they are when they get it back it's like and we explained to them there and then like this is the precaution you need to take now like pay for iCloud you know if you it, once you've lost it if you would pay thousands of dollars to get your data back what's a dollar a month Ooh. you know like Just pay for it and use it because it's your memories, you know? We don't have boxes in the attic anymore, you know, full of photos. Yeah, that's a great point. And
0: I I often think about that as well, like, you know, especially those old days
1: when you just had a phone and it wasn't connected to anything, you lost that phone or you lost that camera, that's it. That's it. You can never get it back, right? And like, it's like contacts, like contacts are the funny one, like, it's so important. It's so important. And you don't know no one's number anymore. No, You know, like I I remember like you used to have to like remember your mate's number to go to the, you know, the phone box. Like you don't remember anything anymore. We, we rely on technology for our memory now so much. And yeah, if you, if you lose it, it's like, yeah, losing a limb. So Uh,
0: now tell it, we asked this question to everyone uh, and spring it on you. If, there's something that people don't know about you that would surprise the average punter. What would yeah. it be like? Is there a party trick or or some kind of hobby that you have that most people, when they see in the shop, they go, oh, I didn't know Kairdell's of that? Yeah,
1: it's funny. I actually have, I guess, yeah, there's lots of things. Party trick's a funny one because any, anytime someone says that word, I actually um, double join it. So, oh, right. I have hypermobility. So, I've, you know, do the splits, do all sorts of stuff. Like, I literally, that's, I guess, a party trick I used when growing up, you know, yep. that was how I gained friends. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I tend to not do that now anymore. And people yeah. are like, you're weird ass. <laughs> like, like, so, yeah, I guess that's, you know, one of my childhood party tricks. Very cool. Um yeah, lots of tricks, like, literally, so many things I can do there. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm pretty normal other than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Well, what, what's kept you in town? Because I know that uh,
0: we, we were chatting uh, before we hit record about uh, scooters and whatnot. I know mm. that you've got uh, a jet ski. You love like getting yeah. out on the water. Is that what's kept you in town?
1: It definitely has. Um, it's a balance of a few things. You know, the archipelago is going to win anyone over if mm. you have access to it. The islands are amazing. Um, but I think... Obviously company as well, like as it's grown, there's like, there's no way I can walk away from this. Like it's pretty much the same answer every year, but it's the people. Yeah, It literally is the people. It, it literally comes back to that. You know, every person is not, every person has been on their own when they've come here. So everyone's so much more open, like open armed, like people just take you on, you know, I think this is the easiest town to make friends. Mm. Like... The easiest town. I even struggled in Geraldton a little bit, you know, meeting people. I was like, oh, just not quite my people. And mm. then the first day I got to Carafa at the Backpackers, I met a guy called Chris, American dude. And I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> you know, this is the type of person I am friends with, yeah. you know. And it's just compounds. And it, it makes it hard because Carafa is a pass-through t- town. So people do leave. And that makes it super hard mm. because... Although you gain friends as quick as you lose them, um, it's a weird balance.
0: Especially those early years, back in 20. 20- 2010 when you first yeah. got here and yeah fortnight first, friends yeah literally. it was yeah. tough eh? and it was yeah. always the uh the first question you used to ask people yeah. which has really changed in the last decade definitely. you used to always ask people like how long you here for right
1: yeah 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 it was always the first question mm. and some people a couple of weeks but yeah. it was never more than years nobody ever no. said years eh? nah. they were always like a fortnight <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah or like a
1: couple of months you know yeah yeah so so yeah yeah definitely Definitely. But I think, you know, what sits at the top for me of why I'm here, it's the people. Yeah. The people. Um, just got so many friends here. And yeah, super lucky there.
0: Now, if I uh, gave you the almighty power to change something
1: in town, what would you do? Uh, I think everyone says get rid of the flies, hey? (laughs) Yeah, like, that's literally, like, everyone's thing. So you try and not say that, but that is one of the things. I think think that's the only issue. I think, Ah. you know, I think I don't really have any other issues here. I think what gives you the privilege of not having so much here is that when you do go to the city, you appreciate it so much more. You know, I love the city. Mm. Like, I... There's a big part of me that's built for the city. You know, I like going out, I like fashion, I like food, like that sort of thing. Like those things you just don't get here. But I wouldn't change it. Mm. I wouldn't change the town itself. I like the fact that it's growing. I do support that. You know, a lot of people don't like the fact that it's growing. But I think, you know, it's good for business. It's good for other business, small business. They Mm. get more, you know, you get more customers, more traction. It's, It's huge for the town if it grows. But... Yeah, I guess, I guess I would like my friends to not pay as much in rent. Yeah, that would be a yeah. And it's hard be, for
0: small business as well. Yeah, yeah massive with staff.
1: Yeah, you try and you try and put a staff member on, and what you pay them is less than a four by two in banton, mm. You know, like you know, sixteen hundred bucks a week in rent. You got you got to pay someone that. Mm-hmm and they've got to live <laughs> like yeah, it's like it's crazy so yeah the whole the whole staff stuff makes it super difficult i am super fortunate though i don't know how i've just been so lucky like i have the best team like literally the best team and i say it to everyone it's like people say that they struggle with staff and yes okay i guess you could say we've struggled a little bit but only from growth, mm-hmm. you know, we go to a point where we're like, we need more people. But every time we've needed someone, someone's walked through that door and absolutely killed it. like Ooh. so lucky, like literally count my lucky stars. They all work great. They all have their roles. And it's such a good environment at Kifo. And I Like everyone loves it, you know, and I think there's a big stigma in Carafa of like, you know, it's all about money. It's all about money and what you earn like yes there is those people that are chasing the top top dollar but it's so important for environment we mm-hmm. live in the harshest place and it's people already are on the back leg because it's not city life you know you don't have you don't have a local bowling alley there's no like there's no although we're lucky with food and bars you know we've had good people in this town to put them up we have options but it's not the city yeah and Yeah, I feel like you've already got a harsh scenario. So if your workplace is no good as well, then you're going to struggle. So I feel like the environment we have at KaiPhone and the team I have – literally a godsend well that's what so. makes
0: people stick around right good environment good culture with the
1: yeah 100 with your
0: co-workers 100 yeah when i always look back at other um jobs that i've done in the past you know i, I never really left because of money it was yeah. you leave because of the
1: culture or you 100%. stay at a job because you love working with your co-workers the people it's yeah. the people always it always comes back to that for me like massively yeah. so what's next for you and
0: uh what's next for the business
1: yeah, so, actually, even just this weekend, Fianacles, yeah, definitely throw me off a little bit. <laughs> I um, I think, you know, we would like to tap into possibly Port Hedland, Onslow, oh, yeah. um, Parabadu, Panawonica, possibly get, like, a, a trailer and do runs up there, um, you know, to supply the stuff that we sell. So, like, really it's the electronic stuff, so e-boards, e e-s- e-scooters, you know but we can do anything really with that option you know we can take dji and the drones and ca- action cameras and stuff we're definitely looking at the electric motocross side of things so like Suran and stuff like that so yeah. we're looking at that and um, there's options there but the biggest thing is actually online so we spent a lot of time a lot of hours and a lot of money on our new online store mm-hmm. so it's getting traction it's hard to climb that google ladder mm-hmm. with seos smos that sort of stuff but we are climbing so trying to get traction online is is you know a flooded market mm-hmm. but it's it's working so i feel that's where a lot of my a lot of my concentration is is trying to get the online stuff good like yes we have you know lots of customers here but there is a the whole of australia yeah and we have you know I spent years working on our supply channels and freight channels and trying to get that structure correct so it is now and I think online is where it is we need we need to have that option mm-hmm. um, and that's where the growth is that's where we'll get the growth but still like the bricks and mortar old-school side of you know having a sh- storefront it's super important as well and um, and yeah and possibly perf so we have kind of thought about it and looking at possibly opening a store in Perth in one of the shopping centres there. So there's a few things on the cards. Um, I know they say do one at a time, but that's never how it is. <laughs> so it, it just it's always full on. So so yeah, so yeah. I think I think that's our targets. So there's a few on the list. Hopefully we can get them all. That's that's the plan. So
0: well, uh, it sounds like the future is very bright. Uh, Kai, thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, mate. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast.